you just missed my point. I'm saying that that Americans, the only thing we invented that was a compared comp, comparable, comparable to the Rosetta Stone is mayonnaise. That was where I was going with it. Oh my god! I'm new. I'm a seventh month old baby. My jokes take a little bit to more time to kind of. This is all right. Number this is not your best night. Yeah, you know it's they're, Hey, they're making me laugh. Number five. I love five, that you're swinging for the fences, though, buddy. I love that you're out there I'm, trying. I'm going for it. You know. <laughs> Number five, San Francisco approves use of remote-controlled robots to kill suspects. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to repeat that because I'm still laughing. We're gonna take the uh-huh. manis back from Mexico. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe shouldn't listen to it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Mr. Himmel, I am uh, as we've uh, as we've discussed uh, repeatedly on this podcast and in private. Um, I am absolutely. Starting from scratch, you know, my life blew up. Anybody that listens know exa- knows exactly why and how, and I don't want to get into that. You're just a I'm little, kind of, you're a little seven month old baby now. Yeah, well, you brand know, new. And, well, it's brand new. It's life. an interesting thing, um, kind of, kind of, uh, and then the trip to Chicago um, was quite revealing and really, really kind of. It was the way I would put it was okay. I'm going to give you an example. Is my mom and I uh, today went to see Violent Night. With uh-huh. David Harbor. Yes. And before, one of the things we do is we we go to lunch, but the rule is she can't have eaten there before. You know, because oh. mom doesn't mom has I mean, you know, for like the last five years she's been the, the the sole caregiver. So she hasn't really had an opportunity to go out. And when she does go out with her friends, they go to the same fucking places. So yeah. we're always looking at the the rule is that's the rule. If we're gonna have lunch before the movie. We're going to find someplace new. And she saw this place called Biscuit Co. Okay. And they had, and we both had chicken and waffles. And so I ordered, I ordered that they had, uh, they had wimpy, like in terms of the spice, wimpy, and then another one, and then hot, 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 and then Reaper. Okay. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm an alpha male. I'm going to go for the hot, right? Give me the Reaper. Well, the, the waitress, the waitress is like, okay. Maybe you want to go with a hot, hot, hot and have a side of the Reaper because a lot of people order the Reaper and then they can't eat it and we can't like refund your money or, or replace it. We can't do that because too many people do it. Yeah. I said, give give me the fucking Reaper. <laughs> this shit, this shit was, I mean, the mint, I put, the, first of all, it was really tasty, but motherfucker, it was like hallucinogenic hot. Oh yeah. And I've done that. I mean, yep, the, minute, the minute yep. I put it in my mouth, my, I started sweating from my scalp and my yep. nose is running. And, but when I, and I finished everything, but man, during the movie, my stomach was, it was like, I'd put in like a small hunk of molten lava and just put it in my stomach and it was just oh shit. And I would I would say uh, the cleansing uh, feeling of having had the spiciest, the most hot fucking pepper flavor I've ever had in a long time, I guess, uh, was what Chicago was like. It was like Wait. burning through. It like I got to Chicago and I started sweating. <laughs> I tell you, that was a long it, journey to a payoff that just felt a little a little thin. 
Well, you know, I, I, I was going for something. You know, I had, uh, you know, I was going for something. So uh, they don't, hey, they're not all winners. They're not all winners. I'm starting over, remember? Yeah, I'm that's starting true. over. Yeah, I'm you got to workshop everything now. Yeah. Yeah, I got to, you know, I got to I gotta cut the fat. I got to cut the fat out of the stories. And there was a lot of, well, there wasn't any fat. It was chicken. I just don't understand anyway. the analogy. Jesus. I don't, so Chicago was a hallucinogenic was, spice was, sweat? It, it was like eating peppers and sweating out all the bad stuff oh, and having, it, and having okay. it burn off, having it burn off like the stuff that was not important and really kind of clarified things for where I'm going. So I'm now starting over. I, and, and here's some news. Two, two pieces of news you don't know. So I had I have my rules for – you want to hear my rules for starting over? Yeah. Because one of the things I realized is I going through the writing just in the literate ape, and that doesn't count like the Don Hall Chicago and the angry white guy in Chicago writing. Mm-hmm. But I this this is what I do now. Granted, this one was not of my choice, but sort of like reinventing, throwing everything out, and starting over is pretty much what I've done my entire life. So this yeah. shouldn't be that unusual. So my rules for starting over. First of all, realize that you're not really starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got I've got 56. Let's well, let's let's just argue and say I've got 50 years of life experience. Yeah, of of failing, of 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 achieving, you know, all the stuff I've got. So I'm not really starting from scratch. Granted, I have zero assets. I have, you know, no, you know, I have no money. I have you know that kind of stuff. I have no home. I have no job. However. Me, I'm not starting from scratch. That's the first one. Second, assess your toolkit. And your toolkit is your skills, your talents, the network you have, your interests, the things that you bring with you no matter where you go. If I go to Austin, if I go to Chicago, if I go to Wichita, I have this stuff with me. It's my toolkit. Yeah. Second thing, assess your challenges. And, And the key is not to look at things that are in your way as problems that are unsolvable, but as challenges to overcome. So finding a place to live, stuff that you have, you know, the the places that you want to hang out, getting a job, all that kind of stuff. Those are all challenges. And then you match your tools with your challenges and overcome the challenges with the tools that you already have. Yeah. Those are the rules. These are are very pragmatic rules. Yeah. Yeah. Super simple. Super simple. Um, so one of the things, all right, so I, I know what my toolkit is and I think you've probably got a good idea what my toolkit is. My challenges are, okay, the reason I'm in Wichita is that I'm here to help my mom and dad. My dad's got ill health, but he's, I mean, he's, he's been, the, the, to quote my mom, he's been dying for five years. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, so we'll see, you know what I mean? And he's, yeah. some days he does great and some days he's not fine, but, uh, you know. The, the, he could he could last the next ten years. I don't know. Right. So he's like a Toyota Corolla. He really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, no, like he's more like one of those old red Ford pickup trucks from 1945. Oh yeah. Just, you don't know why they're still running, but Jesus Christ, they still go. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I looked at I kind of looked at my challenges. One of my challenges, well, whatever job I got. If it's going to be, I mean, if I've got to get my own apartment and I have to get my own apartment, yeah. Um, 
you know, and it's not bad here at all, but I, I need my, I need my space. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got I can't live with my parents at 56 yeah. uh, for much longer. No, it's so totally fair. Yep. Yeah. So in order to do that, I've got to get a full-time job. The remote jobs are just not coming in the way they had earlier. Um, I don't know why that is, but they just, you know, the, the ones that I have interviewed for are either so low paying as to be a joke mm-hmm. or, or scams, and I've been thrown into a couple of scam things where I'm like, "Yep, nope, not gonna do that shit." Yeah. Um, so I gotta get it. I gotta get a terrestrial job, and uh, I looked around, and so I have been officially hired. I've got a background check that takes about three weeks, but Boyd Properties, you know Boyd, right? I do know Boyd. Boyd Properties has the Kansas Star, which is a full-sized uh, casino hotel out here. Um, out in the middle of Mulvane, and it sounds like it's really, fun, but I mean, it's just, it's literally like just go, drive and you're driving for 30 minutes and there's nothing but fields and fields and fields <laughs> and fields. And then in the middle of nowhere is this fucking casino. Um, but it's a good, I mean, they've got, uh, like 1700 machines and craps and table games and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's full casino. Well, I went, all right, if I'm going to have a full-time job at the casino, um, I need graveyard shift. Mm-hmm. Because that way I have my days, or at least a good chunk of my days, free to be able to help with my dad's dialysis, all that kind of stuff. So I applied, and I have been hired as a surveillance agent. Nice. And and <laughs> while that's not my, it's why it's not my favorite job. It is a job in the casino I have never done. Yep. And more importantly, the way they described it, and this is exciting, the way they decided is is that for the next you know, once once I start. And I'll tell you, if I start, once I start, there will be a series of classes that will be a part of my training. And one of them is going to be a month-long class in counting cards. That's awesome. So it's like, all right, this will be fun. Now, that is one yeah. possibility. The, the second possibility is um, you, there wait, you is You have an official a, offer from, from the Kansas Star? Yeah, yeah, no, I've already, I've, I've already done my background check. I mean, basically, it's Kansas, so background checks for Kansas apparently take. The funniest thing is they gave me this booklet that I had to fill out, and it was like the last twenty years of residences you had. Oh my god! And I couldn't remember, no, so I, I had to pay. I well, the thing that kills me is I paid fifteen dollars to do a background check on myself, yeah. <laughs> so I could find all those things. I thought, why couldn't they pay fifteen dollars just do a background check on me? But whatever, it's Kansas. They got to have it written down in black ink, yeah. And then you sign it in blue. And it's like, all right, so I did that. Next week, I'm going to get my fingerprints. So it's a couple of weeks, right? So that's sitting there. That's the bird in the hand. I also had an interview the other day. Uh, th- this uh, a-, a company called Summit Media. They basically buy up small market radio stations mm-hmm. and uh, they own five radio stations here in Wichita and it's the Wichita market and they're looking for a promotions and events guy. Mm-hmm. So I went in, I went into interview and the way it was described to me, is is exactly what I did for WBEZ, but for these small commercial radio stations. And it's rare that I have an interview. The guy, the guy's name was just in case. And I thought maybe just this might've been a setup just in case. What? Exactly. And, and I was like, is this a setup? Um, like, you know, and if I get to show up and like there's just an abandoned in case building? it's a setup. No, his name was Justin case. First name, Justin, last name case, Justin case, like the band. Exactly. Like the band, except two words, a first name and a last name. Hmm. 
And he really, and, and that was his real name. He was a super nice guy. And we got along. It was a, about an hour long interview. And it's rare that I walk out of an interview and go, I fucking nailed that. And yeah. they'd be fucking insane not to hire me because there's no one that's going to be able to do this job better than I am. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, and, and that I'm usually, I'm confident, but I'm usually not that absolutely 100% sure this is righteous. That would pay a lot more money. Um, it would be a lot more involved. Uh, it would definitely be a day job. And then I would have to figure out how I help my parents while I'm working that job. But all this stuff amounts to, in about two months, I'm going to have an apartment and I'm going to commit to a year in Wichita. And given that seven months, seven months ago, I got divorced for horrible reasons. And that was seven months. And I've done that. It seems like that was like a week. Yeah. So I can do a year. I can do a year. And then the, the if you ask me today, the end goal is after a year, we'll see where we're at with my dad. But the end goal is ultimately going to be move back to Chicago. Okay. So th- that, so that is, is what news. starting over. Yeah, that's what starting over is looking like now that I've kind of got my head out of my ass. Donnie. Donnie is so. coming home. You know, it's just it's it's like, you know, well, that that, that was the thing is I've started over. Enough times. Vegas was a starting over, start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Wichita is obviously a starting from scratch. And so the question I had asked me is, do I really want to start from scratch again? Yeah. Even in the next three, even if it's three years from now, do I really want to start again fresh? And I went, you know what? I loved Chicago. I missed Chicago. I've got people in Chicago. I understand Chicago. Uh, fuck it. Yeah, you know, that's that's yeah, that's and that might change a year from now. Who knows? But uh, that is that is the plan. And I'm nothing if I'm not without a plan. I like having a plan. And as Bob said, it sounds like your optimism is coming back. And I said, yes, that is that is absolutely true. Well, that's great. I mean, you, you got two beautiful women. We're going to call these jobs women because I sexualize everything now. Well, well yes, you, you do. It's because you're, you're you know, you, yeah, you have two beautiful women who are really interested in you and that's that's enough to get anybody out of the bed in the morning. I mean that's that's great. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah, and yep. then and then we just have to wait for your dad to die and then you can finish uh finish off the next part of and, your plan. This is you yeah, know, it's great. And it's it, good. And you know, and that and that's the weird thing to say out loud, but it you know, it's like it's like, you know, it's like that's you know, it's that that is not what I want, but no, I, that is inevitable. I know. It's inevitable, so I have to plan for that well, I mean, inevitability. It's, it that's is, just what you do. It is what I want because I'd love to have you back here. But you know, I can yeah, be a selfish yeah. prick sometimes. Well, you know, we all can be. Um, right now, my, yeah, and that's what I, I was talking to my mom today. And that—that that is, that's my, that's my goals. I'm, I'm here. I got to be here for my family. Yeah. I'm never gonna regret. I'm never gonna regret being here for my. No, family. dude, you're doing, and, you're doing the, the, the work that the Lord can. I mean, you're. Yeah, and this is, this is exactly what you need to be doing right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in the right place at the right time, and uh, so yeah, and and that's that's what's going on. That it, it, in terms of starting over, I am following my rules. I have assessed my toolkit. That's the thing is, while I was before Chicago, I I really did. My head was straight up my ass, and I just couldn't get past, you know, the damage and the the horror and the humiliation of all of it and now i'm kind of like i don't care. i mean i care but it's like yeah i got i can't i can't do that anymore i got shit to do you know why i think that was because you had been living with it by yourself you had yeah, yeah. you you had uh, tucked yourself away in the apartment in in las vegas uh, understandably and then you moved to kansas where you were living with your and you know you don't have friends in kansas you're not going out to the 
to bars or to storytelling nope. shows or movies. I mean, you're I mean, you're going to movies, but you've you've got your mom and your dad and your sister and your niece. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. And you came to Chicago, and you had all these friends that are telling you, "Nah, man, it's okay. You you did nothing wrong. There's nothing to be ashamed of." Like just getting some just getting some human interaction, and that that's yeah. what you needed. Yeah, I really did. And I and I needed the gravity that Chicago brought to me. Yeah. And it was fun. Like I said, it was really fun, uh, you know, crashing on your couch and watching <laughs> how you and, and Katie and Harry and Jack live. And uh, that was – well, I, I think I told you that when I, when I showed up. You say Jack for or some Jake? Reason, I said Jack and I meant Jake and I'm sorry. Oh, I like Jack I'm better. Let's go with Jack. We're going to go with Jack. Okay. Uh, but uh, one of the things I thought was very interesting is in my mind – when you moved to where you moved, I had this image that you were like, like on the corner somewhere and there were no other houses around you. Like you were just like this, <laughs> this, this compound out in the middle of uh, West Irving Park, you know, mm. West Irving Park, Old Irving Park. And then when I got there, I realized, no, they probably live in a neighborhood. And sure enough, uh, you do. And th- that was very interesting to be able to actually see your house uh, yeah. in real time. So that was fun. Well, and unfortunately, I mean, you caught it at like the worst time because- the basement was still ripped apart, so all the shit was up in yeah, the living which room. Is the and, best, you know, which but, is the best time for me and the shape I was in. It was the best time for me to come, you know, because if I came and you everything was good and you're sitting on your your golden toilet <laughs> and everything's perfect, <laughs> then it just makes me feel shittier. But if I walk in and your house is chaos and and it's just a mess and every and then it's like okay 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 I can handle this you well, know what I mean I tell you what buddy the next time you you have a hard time I'll I'll get I'll go through a divorce for you Okay there you How's go that? yeah well no I I just want you to you know like the next time I show up I I want there to be a golden toilet Yeah um I want I want to be I want to be actually wiping my ass with the hair of Picasso's mistresses woven into a tapestry Oh god and uh yeah you know what I mean Is I that really stuff still I wanna, available? Can I buy that somewhere I I yeah, eBay you know, I don't know Katie is Katie's an artist I think that'd make a great Christmas yeah. present is, is toilet paper made from the hair of Picasso's mistress Mistry Mystery, mystery, sure. Myst- uh, mister- mysteries, mysteries, babes. That, that has to be what it is. Okay, his babes. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. I just like that's offensive. Know, whatever, Don. It's only offensive to people that I don't listen to, so I don't care. Yeah, I don't know who it's offensive to, but I'm sure. Well, sure anybody that's offended by my use of the word babes is it's it's sort of like people that use cisgender unironically. I don't have anything to I, I don't listen to them any more than I listen to flat earthers or or QAnon. You're fucking nuts. Why well, are you using that stupid shit? I don't care. If you get offended by me using the word babes when I speak about women, you're really gonna hate what I call black. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That no, we're not. Well, going that's there. good, man. Starting over is. I, you know, this goes back to what I, I've said a thousand times before, that when the apocalypse happens, oh yeah, get with Don Hall. Because Don Hall and Tommy Mills, Don Hall and, and Tommy, Tommy Mills, Mills yeah. will survive. Because the apocalypse oh, yeah. is nothing more than starting over. And you are, because you have the rules. I've done it a million times are at this point. a starting over God. So that's... I don't know if I'm a god, but I'm definitely a jack of all trades when it comes to that. I know how to start over. I've done it so many times. Sorry, I'm sorry. Did and you say jack what... of all trades or Jake of all trades? 
Jake. Jake of all trades okay. is what I said. Yeah, I meant I meant Jack of all trades, but, but I said Jake. Jake. Yeah. Jake of all trades is what it is. That's the actual. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Well, okay. then I said it right. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, that's and, and you know, it's it's a funny place to be because that you know I've had that time to kind of reflect and and thank yeah. God I had that time. And yeah. if I didn't have my parents' house to live in, I probably wouldn't have had that time because I would have been scrambling. To not die in the cold in the refrigerator box that yeah. was my home. Yeah. Um, you know, it it, uh, it kind of looking at my life, it's like, yeah. Well, one of the things that was very funny was the guy, the the guy at the radio station. He's like, he's like, uh, yeah, I know that I know that uh, the VP uh, had mentioned that uh, this was probably like a ninety thousand dollar a year job. I said, yeah. And I said, I can tell you right now. I already know. Just looking at your radio station, look at what you, your your digs. <laughs> I know that's not. I know that's not going to be the case. And he goes, yeah. He said, you know, it, it, you know. He said, he said it'll be it'd be less than that. He said, I'm wondering if that's going to be a problem for you. And I said, do you have my resume in front of you? And he said, yeah. And I said, public school teacher, theater producer, public radio <laughs> events guy. So what in my resume says I do oh, fucking anything Tommy. for the big payout? For the big payout, I've never done a goddamn thing for big money. So it's obviously that that is that's not what motivates me is the big cash. What motivates me is is it interesting? Am I going to be good at it? And can I bring some value to the people that I'm working with? And that seems to be the thing that I run with. I said so. If you can't pay me a living wage then I can't work for you. But if you can pay me a wage that can, you know, that I can live on and I can save a little bit more money for the first time again, um, you know, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. They're going to bring that shit down to like 40 grand now. You know, the thing is I can live on 40 grand. And if they yeah, say 40, I'm made say 50, 80 or 75 or no, no, trust me. There, there, there's no chance that they, that they've even got that kind of cash. I did look at, at I did look at their website just now. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good. I mean, it's a it's a real company. Well, it's a real company, but Sullivan Media. Yeah, is it with Sullivan Media? No, is that what you said? No, Summit Summit Media. Sorry, Jesus. Summit Media. Yeah, I don't. I no, don't want to work for Sullivan Media. Summit Fuck Media. That. If they do digital, oof. Yeah, I mean their website is not doing them any favors. Then no, their website sucks. I, I, I you know, there oh. there are some things. It looks that, it looks not... great for two thousand two. Yeah, it's not my. That's not my job. Um, they have smaller market. I mean, it's a smaller market yeah. media company, and so they're not. They're not. You know, they're not the big boys, or I wouldn't be in Wichita. Um, and the thing about it is, it's like you know, if there if there were a similar, and I'm sure there are similar uh, companies in larger markets, but it, it you know, in a New York market or a California market, um, they own they own fifty stations. Yeah. In in that area, they own five here. There are five stations. It's two. It's a classic rock. It's a rock. It's a country country and western, a classic country, and a Latino station, and that's what they own. They own new country and classic country. Yes, they do. Are there any other radio media companies in in Wichita? No. So Dude, Summit has I'm, all of them. Yeah, I'm 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 literally in the wasteland, dude. I mean, and and, and I don't want to denigrate Jesus. Wichita. I don't want to denigrate Wichita, but man, there is fucking <gasps> nothing here. Will you do me a favor? If you take that job, will you please yeah. put copies of the last DJ in the waiting room and in every of course I will in every of course I will tr- uh, recording Dude, booth on air studio David David if we're doing if I'm doing events 
I'm going to I'm going to pay to have you come out and do a reading of your book. <laughs> Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> oh I mean, yeah. I'm here to do events, and and one of the things one of the things in talking to this guy is it, and it, it it you know again, I don't I I you know I I let him know straight up if if what you want is the conventional wisdom and and sort of like let's this is how you've always done it and this is how everybody does it I'm really not the guy you hire yeah, and he said so if you're the guy I hire what am I hiring I said you're you're hiring somebody that 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 does everything to go against the grain of what everybody else is doing that will do air I said my two strengths I said I'm not gonna I said yeah I'm being interviewed so of course I've got to brag a little bit I said I can tell you every piece of this job I'm really good at I, yeah, I mean I can and I, you are logistics yeah. logistics budgeting execution I fucking rock at that shit I said but the two things I am best at <coughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. The two things I'm best at are ideation, which is sitting in a room with people and saying, let's create some promotional events that are that are unique, that are interesting, that hit a niche, that will get bodies in the door. That's that, you know, let's do that. I am really good at that. And then on the other end, what I'm also really good at is on-site management of an actual event. I mean, I rock at just kind of taking care of business, making sure everything goes smoothly, working well with the staff, working well with the customers, kind of kind of doing that. Those are the two things that I'm really good at. Yeah. And I said, and when I say and I said, when I say I'm really good at it, I'm trying not to be too much of an asshole, but I'm really, really good yeah. at those things. Yep. And he was like, yeah, he was like, I'm looking at your resume and you've really done some, well, let's put it this way. At one point we got into it and I said, are you familiar with the moth? And every time I've had an interview in the last four fucking years and I've said that, I get this stare like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Nobody fucking cares except for the this, 27 people. No, this God. guy, this guy, this guy who's in Wichita, Kansas went, Yeah. And I said, well, I was the on-site host for the Chicago Story Slam in, you know, for five years. And he mm. was visibly impressed. And I went, Just oh, well, that's the first it. time. I was going to say, that's the first time that piece of information has done me any fucking good. Because most people just look at me like, what? Yeah. And so, and it's fine. It's, you know, it's I, you know, that's what it is. You get what you get. So, I, you know... I, it, what I hope is I hope I get the radio job because it's what I do. It's what I'm already really good at. I think I can really do some good work. It will get me in Wichita, so at least I'm around the venues and some of the people that are doing things, and that would be fun. Yeah. I, you know, I might get laid, and that would be awesome. Um, oh, see, here we are. You're talking about getting laid again. This is this uh, is a big oh yeah big breakthrough oh, yeah. here. That's, this is a great I, step. I, I, I ch- Chicago changed it. It it it, it was a clean Chicago was made really nice. you horny. No, I was always horny, but I was terrified of sex. I'm still kind of terrified of sex, but uh, right now. But that doesn't mean I will always be. And uh, at some point, I'll get backed up, and I'll need to uh, I'll need to relieve myself <laughs> in someone's mouth. Oh my god! Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you. But anyway. Ideally, the radio guys uh, get me into the the next round of interviews, and they're like, "Yeah, well, let's hire this guy." And then I start in January. That'd be great. That'd be the ideal. If that doesn't happen, I still have the surveillance job, which still would be kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, it does it does not pay very much, but it pays enough that if I took the job, I could uh, in two months very easily get an apartment, um, move out, kind of get my shit together, and save a little bit of money, and then do as much freelance remote stuff for uh, extra cash as I can. Yeah. So it's like, all right, 
yeah, I got a plan. I like having a plan. I like knowing where I'm headed. Uh, it's, is it what I chose? No. Is it uh, what I would choose? No. Is it exactly where I'm at and I don't have any choice in that matter? Yes. So you're living through the apocalypse, man. It's you're doing it. You're, you're a Twinkie covered roach, my friend. And now we're sack of the news. This is an unusual, uh, I, you know, I pick some fun things because uh, there's just too much bullshit going on. And so I picked some fun things. The first article, man wins seven-year legal battle to not have to be fun at work. I'm just going <laughs> to read a little bit. France's, this is in France, France's highest court has ruled that a man fired by a consulting firm firm for failing to go out for drinks with his colleagues oh. was wrongfully dismissed. The man, referred to as... Mr. T in court documents well, that just... was fired. <laughs> I, it's just too fun. This this article this uh, was fired by Paris-based Cubic Partners in 2015 because he refused to take part in team building exercises um, and weekend social events, which his large, lawyers argued included excessive alcoholism and promiscuity. Oh. So he won. He won his suit. He sued his company. It's been a seven-year legal battle. Um, and, uh, and he won, he won his lawsuit. Good for him. I, I mean, look, you will, I, I will never get fired for refusing to drink with, with work shit. Like, no, we know that. You. No, no, not you. No, no. You can't refuse a drink. I cannot, I mean, you know, I cannot. Yeah. You have, you're, it's you're not, physically it's not that I will not. Right. No. It's not that I will not. I said, I, I can't, I literally it's just like I can't birth a child in my womb because I don't have a uterus. It's the same exact thing. Yeah, you but, have no ability to say no to a, a beer or a mixed drink. That's just going to happen. But this guy, standing up for himself, because forced fun is fucking bullshit. And if you don't yep. want to partake in the forced fun, you shouldn't have to. And good for this guy for saying no and then for sticking this shit out for seven years and thank the demons that he won. At a boy, yeah. and I would say I would say the, the fact that it took him seven years to that he stuck it out for seven years says this great. guy is yes. no this guy is no fucking fun no fun at, at all. all yeah I mean he has eschewed all fun in his life so that he could fight this lawsuit that's the funniest thing I ever heard number two New York City to remove mentally ill people from streets against their will. What, I, like, in what, remove them from the streets, how? Like, if there's, does this mean, like, if I'm walking with my, like, a handicapped friend, or not handicapped, but, like, a, a mentally ill say, person, it, walking on the street, and they see that he's mentally ill, are they going to take him from me? Basically, what, what it is, Eric, the mayor, Eric Adams, basically <laughs> said, and, and, and it is rightful, that, that the mental health issue, there's too many mentally health people that are mentally ill people on the streets of New York, that are violent. And so what he's okay. decided to do is that it, if you're violent, then you're going to be detained and, and put in, in care facility. If you're not violent, but you're obviously mentally ill, you're still going to be rounded up and taken to a care facility and, and remanded into Ooh. the care of the state. Yeah, no. If somebody's violent, then yeah, you obviously 
arrest them for whatever the charge would be, battery or, I, I don't know, harassment, you know, whatever whatever it is. And then, yeah, don't put them in jail. Put them in a, a facility that can hopefully do yeah. better. But just taking that's people that's, yeah. like, clearly mentally disturbed, like a homeless person sitting on the street with a sign that says, please help, muttering to himself about wanting to make pigeon coats, you can't take that person off the street because they're not doing anything wrong. So if that's what Eric the Red that's is talking, talking about, about. Well, well, now that's a his, slippery his, slope uh, to some pretty, I, you know, mid, mid yeah, 20th I, century Germanic shit. I think his argument is that that people that are mentally ill deserve uh, help. They deserve some sort of care that is beyond apparently their families. And if they don't have families, you know, if they're out on the streets, um, his his argument at least is is that Oof. they need help, and most of them are not going to willingly go because they've already chosen to be where they're at. That's his argument. I don't know if Sarah I agree with it, but what it reminds me well, of if, they, if they're able to it, willingly choose, then you cannot take them off the street. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, so yeah, yeah this it's, is a, a, it's a, I, I get the, the, the idea behind it. And I, I you know, yeah, I kind of support is, the idea is, behind it. Like, let's help people out. Let's use government for good. Okay, great. But this is a yeah, really narrow line and a slippery slope right off the edge. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those arguments where you go, I see your point, yeah. but maybe that's not the right approach. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's sort of like what it reminds me of is this is like the first idea. Like, Okay, first idea. Great. Yeah. Let's let's build on this. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah. Like on the other side, this is the other this is the opposite side of what they did in San Francisco, which was we're just not going to prosecute people. And then all of a sudden, you had uh, you had batter, you know, I can't remember what it's called the tenderloin, where literally they're just cops are standing by and they're just selling methamphetamine, fentanyl right in front of Jesus them. Jesus fucking Christ! And yeah. and and you have people just like walking into Walgreens and stealing lots of shit. Nobody can stop them. So I understand the argument, the execution of that specific idea. Not a real good no. idea. Not a real good idea. There's a better way to, to handle this. Years ago, when I was still living in Las Vegas, uh, Mayor Oscar Goodman, is his wife, yes. still, is Carol, Carolyn Goodman, is she still Carolyn mayor? Goodman, she is still, okay. she's still mayor, yep. So when, when, good old, when good old Oscar was mayor, he had this plan to round up the homeless people in Las Vegas, stick them on a train, and send them out to Gene, Nevada, where there was going to be a tent city. And I just, I put my head through a drywall because I was like, does this Jewish mayor not understand what this fucking looks like? You can't just round people up, throw them on a train and send them to another city to live in a, in a barrack. Like you can't, it ended up not happening. Thank God. But yeah, you know, number three from NPR, a woman sues Kraft claiming Velveeta macaroni preparation time is misleading. <laughs> oh, God. Like, now I want to go look at, like, if I even have any Kraft mac and cheese stuff and just see, like, do they give, like, a plus or minus, you know, error margin well, of error like they do in uh, this surveys. Is a, yeah, this is a class action lawsuit. Oh, my God, class woman, action. Oh, yeah, this is big. A, a Florida woman is accusing Kraft Heinz of misleading advertising based on the time it Ooh. takes to prepare a single serving cup of microwavable mac and cheese while the company markets its Velveeta shells and cheese as being ready in three and a half minutes. A 
Amanda Ramirez says that's only the amount of time each cup needs to be microwaved. In the microwave, right. And that, and that the actual preparation process from stirring in water <laughs> to letting the cheese sauce thicken takes longer. You know, it's a 15-page class action lawsuit. You know what? I want to get on that because she's <laughs> she's right. Well, yeah. She is right. But and come on. It's but that's the thing. It's like is that you know, false advertisements. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't know the law around the, the the advertising world that well, if at all. But I mean, arguably clearly like she might have a case and this might go in her favor where they you know and Kraft Heinz will have to say ready in five minutes or you know something yeah, well what if it takes what if you decide you're going to take an extra three minutes just to stir the cheese sauce because you want it to be a specific consistency there's no way they can say sure, a time and what limit if, if I want to if I want to stir it less maybe I get it done in yeah, I don't. It's, this is interesting. You know, this is. Yeah, it's like uh, no. I think it's uh, like I said. I, I mean, blame it's, the people's court. It's trivial as shit. I, like she needs to shut yeah. the fuck up and get over it. But yeah, she does blame, have a point. I, she does have I, a point. I blame people's court for the entire uh, litany of oh, that's of funny. frivolous litigious shit. Is that as soon as the law became entertainment, and you saw people arguing their own cases like they knew how to be lawyers. And then you, like in Las Vegas, every billboard is get money from the casinos and hotels. Were you injured? We'll get you yeah, money. Yeah. And so at, that, at a certain point, it's just like, this is a scam. And honestly, <laughs> a class action lawsuit against Kraft. I mean, I read, I read there's a class action lawsuit going against TGI Fridays because they have more cheddar cheese in their mozzarella sticks than mozzarella. I mean, Jesus Christ, just oh, don't my go God. to TGI Fridays. I, yeah, I know, it's crazy. Number do they four, call them mozzarella sticks? They do. I mean, that's just stupid. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Oh. Number four, God. Egyptians call on British Museum to return the Rosetta Stone. Do it. Yep. Yep. Give it to the Egyptians. It belongs to them. It was theirs. The British took it. It belongs in the Egyptian Museum. Done. You know, nope. I, you know this is this is what I would say is uh, you know if you look at uh, some of the national monuments in the Middle East that have been recently destroyed, to me it's sort of like you took Harry's toy because he was destroying his toys and you thought, well, this is an expensive toy, so we don't want you. And then Harry sues you and says, "I want my toy back." What I don't know. No, I don't know. This is the Egyptians have not been. They don't have a great record of actually protecting their national. Uh, doesn't matter. Sacred That's their elements. shit. If I, yeah, no, yeah, okay. It's it's their shit. I mean, I was gonna say like if it's Harry's my kid, if I want to beat him up and break his bones, it's my right. I can't do that, obviously. But if if I want to break his toys, or he wants to break his toys, they're his fucking toys. I mean, I don't know if the Rosetta Zone belongs to Egypt. It may have been found there, but does it belong to Egypt? I, I mean, I, I, I guess I need to look up exactly like how the the history of the Rosetta Stone. But wh I mean, why wouldn't it belong it there, to Egypt? Who would it belong to? Well, well, whoever has it, I guess. I really don't know the rules. Um, I just know I've been to the British Museum. 
Um, and they have a lot of shit they stole from everybody around the world. And uh, I'm happy that I got to see the Rosetta Stone in person. I got to stand in front of it and look at it. I mean, it's not like I, you know, I didn't have a Raiders of the Lost Ark moment where my hair got like, you know, it's like when it, you, you electrify your hair and it stands up. I didn't have that moment. I just yeah. like, oh, hey, there's a Rosetta Stone. Cool. This is 100% um, an Egyptian artifact that belongs with Egypt. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you think they should give it back? All right. Yeah. And then if I, Egypt I, wants to sell it for or loan it for money or whatever to the British Museum, however that works, then they can do that. You know, Britain can put up the money for it. But no. Let's well, give then, the shit then, back that wasn't given to the museums. I think. I mean, well, then I think. Then I think we have a right to go to Mexico and say, "Give us the mayonnaise back." That's all I'm going to say. Give us the mayonnaise Number, back. What? Yeah, they use mayonnaise in Mexico on the on their uh, corn. But why would we give? Because because Americans own. You just missed my point. I'm saying that that Americans, the only thing we invented that was a compared comp, comparable, comparable <laughs> to the Rosetta Stone is mayonnaise. That was where I was going with it. Oh my god! I'm new. I'm a seventh month old baby. My jokes take a little bit to more time to kind of. This is all right. This number is not your best night. <laughs> yeah, you know it's made, Hey, they're making me laugh. Number five. I love five, that you're swinging for the fences, though, buddy. I love that you're out there I'm, trying. I'm going for it. You know. <laughs> Number five, San Francisco approves use of remote-controlled robots to kill suspects. I'm sorry, you're going to have to repeat that because I'm still laughing. We're going to take the uh, mayonnaise back from Mexico. It just worked in my the brain. What does know. that even possibly mean? Oh, God. It means it, this is not complex math. You're drunk. You I'm not I'm drunk. I'm about. not drunk at all. You're, this is... you're hammered. You started this whole thing up about before we even got on the mic. It's like, oh, that's a strong drink. You can't even... Oh, my even God. I've re- taken three sips of these make these analogies oh. make complete sense. Oh my it god! It makes complete sense. Oh my god! Anyway, All right. what's the next one? Number five: San Francisco approves use of remote-controlled robots to kill suspects. <laughs> so, these are good headlines, aren't they? What kind of suspects? Like mayonnaise thief suspects, or what? Yes, well, they're looking for the Rosetta Stone of uh, America, and those are mayonnaise people. Um, San Francisco's police will be allowed to use remote control robots to kill suspects. That's the first line of the, the article. The city's board of supervisors last night approved a controversial policy that lets police robots, quote, be used as a deadly force option when risk of loss of life to members of the public or officers is imminent and outweighs any other force option available yeah okay this is i mean their department's robots can be equipped with explosives yeah i mean i've I've, okay okay. i've heard about this this is what they call 17 robots 12 are operational this is fucking crazy this is what they call uh the obamanization of the police force because what they're doing is they're taking a page out of obama's playbook and using drones drones to kill everybody so, yeah, I mean, you talk about, like, we need to demilitarize the police. Well, this is just, this is just taking a page out of the Iraq and Afghani war, like Afghanistan war. Yeah. That's, that's, and it's a terrible idea, and it's yep. hilariously terrible. But also... On the other hand, David, you cannot accuse a robot of racial bias. But, like, are the fat cops sitting in their mom's basement <laughs> in gaming chairs drinking Code Red Mountain Dew killing black teenagers? Is that the plan here? 
Hey, you know, it, like I said, if it's a robot, you can't accuse the robot of systemic racism because it's a fucking robot. No, no, you actually can. There is there is research shown that like AI, yeah, is is biased. Like if like some some people's skin color, those those automatic hand washers or soap dispensers in public bathrooms cannot recognize darker skin. So yeah, seriously? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, then, then, because here's my problem, and I have this problem a lot. Those fucking sensors that turn on the goddamn faucets. Fucking hate those things. Yeah. They never recognize my hands, and my hands are as white as, I don't know, Jonas Salk. I mean, they're just white hands, and they don't recognize my hands. Maybe that's because you keep going into woke public restrooms. (laughs) and finally number six um you and we didn't record this but we did mention it on our uh podcast uh coming up that you thought one of the greatest christmas movies was love actually donnie and i uh handily uh disagreed with you however it is the 20th did i actually say that you did. You that did. You Love actually on is one of the greatest Christmas movies. That's what you said. Interesting. That's what you said. And so, but I want to tell you, it's the twentieth anniversary of Love yeah. Actually, and Richard Curtis, the director and writer yeah. of Love Actually, um, has gone on record in the Guardian of saying that the lack of diversity in Love Actually makes me feel a bit stupid. What? What's the lack of diversity? She. Uh... Kira Knightley married a black guy, and then she very quickly kissed a white guy after the marriage. Well, but 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 she would tell uh, he's the only black character in the whole fucking. That's my movie, point: so. is that he's the only black yeah. character, and then he got cheated on. Yeah, yeah, and he gets cheated on, and you know, I mean, That's, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, love actually, but it makes him feel stupid. I'm not sure what the purpose of him saying it is, but he did say it, and uh, I just wanted to hear what your yeah. reaction to that headline was. I mean. I, it, it was a different time back then, I guess. I I don't know. It was only 20 years ago. What do you mean it was a different time? It was 20 years ago. It, it wasn't. There were black people in cinema in 20 years ago. But they, 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 a, but they weren't allowed like to sit with it, the white people. No, it wasn't like he made Love Actually and had to choose between Hattie McDaniel. Well, but, and diversity, the, you know, but diversity wasn't as big of a an, an attention... Get her? What am I trying to say? It it wasn't as it wasn't top of mind to people in two thousand two. It just it wasn't it, it that wasn't well, a no. part of the conversation that did not like diversity as like an active thing that we were doing really did not come into play until like two thousand four or five like four, two or three years later. No, it was it was later than that. Diversity, equity, inclusion as a, a trifecta didn't really start coming in until about twenty twelve. Well, that was yeah, but but diversity like at MG when I was working at MGM Mirage, they had a huge yeah. diversity push. That was in two thousand six. Okay, all right, fair so enough. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't. I mean, he can feel whatever the fuck he wants to feel about it. Okay, I'm more concerned right. about my feelings about. Um, Love Actually, because I yeah, you did say you really like that movie. I and, do. I mean, it's I, got I, its moments. It's got it's pretty fucking stupid in a lot of parts, but yeah, there are some parts that are just really, really sweet and really funny. But you know, I don't love it the way that liberal white women love it. Well, who can love anything the way liberal white women love anything? Uh, yeah. Inclu- including Rosetta Stones and mayonnaise. Mm. 
for six things you should do this week. Well, my first thing this week is a watch. Stumbled upon this this weekend. Uh, the Murdoch. This is on HBO Max. The Murdoch's Empire of Influence. It's also, I guess, it's also a CNN documentary. Yeah, my what, my my. Uh, uh, I I was gonna watch it. So it must and, have been on uh, CNN first. Or my mom and my mom and yeah, my mom and dad. My mom and dad have been watching it, and they they love it. So I haven't watched it yet. It's um. Yeah, it's it's really great. It's really it's it's really well done. It's based off of the New York Times um, story that was like expose that was written about Murdoch. So they just if you don't like reading, just wait till HBO or CNN makes a, a documentary out yeah. of it, um, which works which works great for me because even at Literate Ape, we still don't read because books are for fucking losers. Um, but wow, it's also it's also Succession, like the TV show Succession. I mean, that's kind of where Succession came yeah, from. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so, what they base Succession on, so is the Murdoch. Yeah. Here's why this is great, is you're waiting for season four of Succession to come out. Yeah. The Murdochs is a great... Uh, what's the... Um, methadone. The Murdochs makes for great methadone. Until, you're, oh, until your you heroin go. gets back. Yeah. There you go. All right, my first thing is also a watch, um, and apparently I'm not the only one that has watched this because it is, according to Netflix, it is the single most popular program they've ever put on their streaming service. It is Wednesday with mm. Jenna Ortega. It is uh, it's Wednesday Adams. It is it it's the of thing Adams about family it is, fame. If you yeah if you don't yeah know. yeah, it's Wednesday Adams. And it is fucking, it's rich. Part of it is because Jenna Ortega is perfect. I mean, I it just like, you loved Christina Ricci when she did it in the movies. Jenna Ortega just takes it to a level that is, she she's so fucking good. And the storyline is fun. <clears throat> Christina Ricci is in it as a, as a teacher. I mean, it's a great show. It's, I, I, I just was like surprised. I thought, eh, I'll watch one episode, see if it's any good. And I mean, I binged it. I just was like, this is super entertaining. Really well done. Yeah. And then I figured out that Tim Burton directed it. So it's like, of course oh, it's Oh, nice. Good. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's on my list to watch, definitely. Um, I, it's, it but is, it's, the most, it's their most popular. It beats Stranger Things. It beats Stranger Things. It beats Stranger Things in hours watched in its first week. So it's like, yeah, it's super, super wow. popular. They've already signed it. Yeah. I mean, this was, this thing exploded um, and it's, it's a large, in large part, it's Tim Burton and it is, it is Jenna Ortega. She's so good. They have a uh, thing, mm-hmm. you know, the hand is, is it part of, and it's sort of the way I would put it is it's sort of like take the Adams family, mm-hmm. put her in sort of like a Hogwarts, but for freaks and then she's also like Nancy Drew. It felt very much like a Scooby Doo episode with really better characters. Mm, okay, it's just fun as shit. It's just really fun. Um, you know, I I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed every single moment of it, and uh, I highly recommend it. Wow. All right. Yeah, it's on my list. All right. My next thing is a read in the Atlantic. Uh, this is by David French, Elon Musk, and Tucker Carlson. Don't understand the First Amendment. <laughs> I've read that. Yes, it, I mean it's it's light reading, yeah. but I just yeah, you know it, it takes um 
it mentions uh, Matt Tiabi's uh, leaking of the Hunter Biden's Twitter files, whatever the yeah. fuck that is. Have you have you read that whole thread? Uh, I that haven't. You put no, out there? no. It's it's you know it's 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 standard Matt. Um, yeah. You know he takes he takes no sides and he he goes scorched earth with everything and then I thought it was very interesting. Um, it's not a surprise to me because anybody that thought that that what what they exposed as going on anybody that thought that wasn't going on has not been awake. They've been living in a fucking refrigerator right. box right. and need to be rounded up by fucking Eric Adams oh, as God. one of the mentally ill. You know <laughs> that's you know come on. And for, I mean, come on. And force-fed Mexican-made mayonnaise. Mayonnaise while reading and learning to read the Rosetta Stone. My second thing is, it is now on Netflix. I actually saw it in the theater. Uh, Glass Onion, a Knives Out uh, movie. It is incredibly mm-hmm. entertaining. Um, and my favorite, it, I mean, it's just such an obvious, Edward Norton is so obviously just playing Elon Musk. It's hysterical. <laughs> It is no spoilers on this. I'm not kidding because I'm really excited to see this movie. Do not fuck it up for me. No, I'm not. No, I'm not going to spoil anything other than the fact that that it is so obvious. I mean, just the 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 construct of the movie. uh, There's no question that uh, that Norton is playing an Elon Musk inspired character, which is really funny on its surface. Again. Daniel Craig is is just so much fun as Foghorn Leghorn. you know, everybody so in the great. movie yeah. is just, yeah, Dave Batista just continues to surprise me how funny he is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just, it's it's a really, 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 really fun. It's it's a great murder mystery. It's just too much fun. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. All right, my next thing is, um, I have not seen it yet. I know you have. So again, please, no spoilers. Although I feel like the spoilers in this aren't as important as spoilers in, uh, what is it, Onion Face? Peel the knives yes. out. Yeah, onion, onion, onion skin. Yes, onion skin. Uh, yeah, but this is a watch, a go-to and watch. I've been excited about this since I first saw the, 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 the trailer that blew my fucking mind that this is an actual thing. Violent Night. Oh my god, I'm so excited, and it's been getting killer fucking reviews. I did that was not a pun on purpose. I'm sorry, but Violent Night with. Uh, What's his face? David uh, Harbor. David Harbor. David, yep, David Harbor. And uh, and my third John Mike, Leguizamo's third, in that. And yes, Beverly D'Angelo and her in breasts. It. Yes. Um, she she no no breasts. No, she's okay. too old for that. She's like eighty years old. Anyway, um, my third thing is because I did see it today with my mother. Violent Night yeah. is in theaters. Um, no spoilers, but I will tell you that it. The thing that makes this because first of all this. My mom said it's Rambo meets Rankin and Bass. And Rambo meets what? Rankin and Bass. Um <laughs> and what I what I what I thoroughly appreciate it is it is one of the most gruesomely violent movies yeah. I've seen in a long time. It is it I mean they don't fuck around. But and 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 but it, but there are there are the moments where they're going to have those Christmassy moments. Yeah. And they don't. They still have them, but they don't buy them. You know, I mean, it's it is just a. It is one of the funniest. I laughed so hard, and uh, and and my mom laughs. So we both just. 
thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It is just it. Well, like I said, that's what I wrote for my uh, for my I believes on Monday, is that I will actually. This is what I wrote, so you know. Because um, I do call you out based on one of your thing. It said that Violent Night joins my perfect Christmas playlist along with Bad Santa, The Ref, and yes, David Himmel, Die Hard. Yeah, uh, The Ref is good. The ref is I a love good it. One. Yeah, The Ref and Bad Santa. Fuck, I love Bad Santa. Um, yeah. yeah I, and Violent I, Night Violent Night sits right up there with That's why I'm so like, excited to see it cuz it's right up my alley. Fucker, it's so it's so much fun. And David Harbour, I just I love, love David, David Harbour. Yeah, love him. And uh and the mo- there's going to be a moment I'm not going to I'm no spoilers at all. None. But there is a moment early on, probably in the first third of the movie where I went, "Oh fuck." Even if I wasn't already thinking this was funny and awesome, oh fuck, this is the greatest thing ever. It's just the best Santa thing I ever saw in my life. So, whew, yeah, I'm excited to see it. This Die Hard thing, though, I don't know. I this is in reference to my post-it note, one of yes. my post-it notes, where I said that no, I'm, I just it's I'll start the war on Christmas now with by saying that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, and here's why it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> There's no good feelings. There's no like. There's no like warmth that it's bringing. Al Pal, Al Al Pal is all about the warmth. I, I, I don't that know. relationship I mean, I know between. Get, I know the, he gets back with Carl. The relation, he, him nah, and Carl Winslow, nah. and the relationship I, between John McClane and Al Powell is the centerpiece of the Christmas story, man. I, I, it's just a friendship. It could happen. It didn't have to be at Christmas. What's happening at not, I mean, I get, well, you know, hang on. I'm about to talk myself out of something because what's happening at Nakatomi, Nakatomi Plaza? Yeah. 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 Nakatomi Towers. Would not have happened without Christmas. So maybe then it is a Christmas movie because they it, wouldn't be there dude, late after hours like that. Okay. It, it ends. Okay. It ends with a. It begins with a Christmas song. It ends with a Christmas song. Yeah. There's Christmas references oh, throughout. He kills a bad guy and dresses ho, 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 him in yeah. Santa. I'm. It's a Christmas movie, man. I'm sorry. <sighs> I, I mean, I it. hear. All right. You. All right. No, I'm. But yeah. I'm. I was wrong in my post-it note. I. I. Yeah. I'm back. Okay. I was wrong. Talk myself out of it. Thank I'm, you for that. Glad we, <laughs> I'm glad we, I still think we, that Mexico should have mayonnaise, though. I'm still okay with that. Well, no, I think Mexico should have mayonnaise, and I think the Rosetta Stone, if they can't figure out where to put it, I'm going to have uh, I'm gonna have a studio apartment in a couple of months, and they can, you know, just let me have it. I'll just sit it in my living room, and, you know, and I'll use that. I'll put my TV on top of it, and then it'll be like elevated TV. And I'm do that. I'll take you know, I'll take the hit for both Egypt and Britain. It's like you guys can't decide. I'll do that. <laughs> I'm gonna have a great big deal of mayonnaise and uh, watch Die Hard. And that's what you know. This is what starting over is all about. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. 
Tiens,